0: and welcome to the work rate podcast um this is our aw review my name is mike fenn i'm joined by brad hardcastle hello let's talk it out all right so the uh this week um we're we're gonna focus again on uh aw dynamite but i will first start with uh a little bit of being the elite news and a I'll touch a small bit, a little bit on Dark, but there wasn't much to say this week. Okay, so uh, Being the Elite, this week had a lot of really good um, story elements, and and the story elements that it had was with the Bucks, Hangman, and Brandon Cutler, who again is just on AW Dark and Being Mm -hmm. the Elite so last week um we we uh we had heard that uh hangman had told Brandon that uh that the bucks didn't have his back that he was a prop that um they wouldn't second him to the ring they never seconded they never seconded hangman to the ring and then during a w dark last week, they were not there for brandon cutler and it It shows in this episode that uh, they were actually going to go and second him to the ring, but uh, they got called for a meeting with Tony Khan, so they ended up having to go to the meeting, and Brandon's match got pushed up, so they weren't able to be there. And then after the match, they see Brandon. Brandon calls them out. He says, you guys weren't there. Hangman was right. You, uh, you're not my friends. You treat me as a prop. You use me. Um, you use everybody, and uh they say like, "Well, no, we were supposed to be there, like, but we got we got called we got called into the meeting." And Brandon says, "Absolutely not, we're done. I'm not uh, being part of this anymore." And then Matt Jackson goes insane on him. He tell he starts calling him uh uh to contract Brandon, telling him that they've, that they've done everything for him that uh that he's not appreciative of everything they've done for him um they tell him that he should go back out there and earn his second contract um and this is directly mirroring the uh the promo they had with Hangman back in the day where they called him a jobber and that he was a jobber until they brought him into the elite mm-hmm. or into the bullet club i guess and the elite and uh yeah it, it as brandon walks away nick jackson tells uh, Matt, he's like, oh, you are you were a little harsh on him there. So even they know that they're <laughs> screwing up a bit. And mm-hmm. Matt have, has this long dangly cross earring in his ear. And they they focus in on that just to show that he's sort of, he's losing it a little bit. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's sort of having a little bit of a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> his dangly earring.
1: Yeah, I noticed it last night on uh, Dynamite yeah it's 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 really good like it's been great
0: like this is the best brandon has sounded in front of him on a mic like it like it was it was heartfelt like like it was a it was a seemed like a real argument and i i really enjoyed it and uh okay so the next uh segment is it's chris daniels approaches them and approaches the bucks in the locker room and he essentially says uh I've seen you guys come up in the business from before you guys were in the business for when you were, uh, when you when you were young kids trying to run your own shows, I was on your shows. I've known you guys forever. He said, uh, he said, we'll always be friends. He's like, we'll always be family. He's like, if you need anything, like, let me help you. He's like, I understand that being an EVP has a lot of pressure and you guys are, uh, under a lot of pressure from the fans from Twitter and this and that. And they essentially say like, okay. (laughs) And they're just going to blow him (laughs) off. And, uh, then it shows that he has an earring and he says like, um, he says like, maybe you guys should, uh, should go get an earring or something. And then you can see that's where Matt gets the idea. Oh, okay. You can see he likes he strokes his beard. He's like, oh. he's like an earring, eh? So that's that's funny. pretty. It's good. And then the next bit that I want to talk about is uh, well, actually no, there's two more. Again, it's Brandon Cutler again. This time he's talking to Kenny, and he sees he walks around Kenny in the locker room. And he's like, "Hey Kenny, how you doing?" And Kenny's like, or he says, "Hey Kenny, how are you enjoying the uh, the one year anniversary celebration?" Ed and Kenny's like, "Well, it's good, but I'm not on the show." He's like, he's like, "And I shouldn't be. I didn't really do anything in the first year." He's like, I just kind of slummed around in the uh like putting people over that were below me. I uh I slummed around in the tag division. He's like, "But that's going to change." He's like, "I'm going to do what I do best. Tournaments." Uh And he's like, I got to lose this gut. And he pats pats his belly. (laughs) And then the last bit is a, it was a cute little Brandon and Peter Avalon fake news conference Mm -hmm. that they did for their blow off match on next week's Dark, next week's AW dark match. And, uh, they said they're finally going to get a winner. And it was guest starring Tony Khan as like the, the mediator. Mm -hmm. And, um, Peter Avalon brought out uh um Starks as his hood agent, like his hood advisor. <laughs> and uh Brandon brought out um Luchasaurus as his advisor, and they were just they were answering funny questions from the crowd. Like it was really good. There were some really good jokes in it. I recommend people watch that. It was it was very funny. I actually had like some pretty good belly laughs during that.
1: Oh nice. I need um, to go back and watch it. I usually watch it, but this week at work's just been busy. Like I found, yeah, I found BTE this year has it's been pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's been uh it's been a little scattered, some cool stuff here and there, but this was like the best BTE I've seen since I think AEW started. Yeah. Like it was by far had had the most uh, substantial story content, and it was very funny as well. And of course, you know that Dark Order is in it, and there's some, yeah, of course, some fantastic John Silver. They're bits. always the highlights of yeah. BTE. Yeah, this week it was actually uh, Brandon the Brandon and the Bucks were the uh, were the highlights. So I was no, happy. Good. I was but happy for been that.
1: Building that story for a little bit now, mm-hmm.
0: and Tony Khan made an appearance, and
1: he was actually really funny as well. Yeah. One thing I will say about Brandon Cutler is he has really nice teeth. He does. Every time I see him on there, I'm like, man, those are some nice chompers. Yeah, he's got
0: he's got he's got some good teeth. Okay, so then Dark didn't really have much this week to of note. It was mostly uh, mostly enhancement matches for the guys in the tournament. So you know exactly how that goes. There was, however, one match that I believe. Like, I think people should watch. It it was Jungle Boy versus uh actually there were a couple, but it was Jungle Boy versus KTB. I don't know if you know K T V. He's he's a workhorse on the Indies. He's a mm. he's a big guy, he's like two hundred and sixty five pounds. He's not that tall, but he's solidly built and he's yeah. one of those big guys who flips around. He's kinda like Wardlow, but uh a little softer belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's got a big beard and long hair. He doesn't have the best look, but his ring work is incredible, and he has super innovative moves similar to Wardlow, like where Wardlow yeah. pulls the guy off the top rope into his knee. He has one where he actually does a blackout into a go to sleep. Oh, nice.
1: Where he Yeah, I, this match was good. This is the only one I saw on uh, Dark this week, but mm-hmm. KTP's yeah. atomic drop into Spine Buster, into a Splash combo was awesome. I loved it. Like, I legitimately, like, marked out to it. I was like, oh, wow. I've never seen that before. That was cool.
0: Yeah, Jungle Boy gave him a lot in this match, and I think that was to highlight that Jungle Boy can take a big beating from a big monster and keep going, heading into his match with Wardlow this week. So I actually thought that was super effective. And I would highly suggest uh, i would say that ktb after this particular match is probably going to get signed within the year and he should he should like his talent is absolutely he looks like a prototypical wwe guy that they like mm-hmm. like the big beard the long hair that can do flips is it like similar to killian dane or like the viking mm-hmm. raiders he's very much in that mold and i'm like his talent he's he, he's Easily one of the top five guys on the indies, mm-hmm. talent-wise. talent And he is treated like that on the indies. He's treated like a big deal. Like he's an OG out there.
1: Yeah. I saw something, I don't know what it was, but on Twitter, I guess some indie wrestlers were doing like a streaming something, and KTB was on there. He's like a masked wrestler. I don't know. I didn't really know oh, what yeah. was on, the, but The Masked Wrestler,
0: it's a show. You know, like, do you know The Masked Singer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's that, but with wrestlers. Oh, okay. Where it's masked wrestlers who people do know, or I guess they're indie wrestlers who people do know, and they're they're wrestling, and they they win their match, and I guess whenever... It's like a tournament, so when the person loses, they reveal who they were.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, I might have to check that out. That sounds actually kind of (laughs) awesome.
0: Yeah, it, it is a super cool concept. I think it's done by GCW. If not, it's the... It's on that indie wrestling network.
1: Yeah, it it was a lot of GCW people. I saw. I think I saw Effie and Alley Cat retweeting it, and I was like, I don't know anything about this, but now from what you said, I'm going to try to fight it. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's very good.
0: And the other match was very, very good. Was um, Phoenix versus Sunny Kiss was the main event, and that was awesome. Just an absolutely awesome match. Um, I won't spoil anything. It's just just really good work. It's probably. Sonny Kiss's best match, or one... Like, if not his best match, his second best match, easily. Mm -hmm. And Phoenix looked really good and got me hyped for his match on Dynamite this week. There was one weird, really sloppy storytelling development, and that was um, during QT's match with Pentagon. um, Eddie Kingston just brings out Allie, and she's the bunny again and she d- distracts QT Marshall, and mm-hmm. then he loses the match. And it's just sort of... It felt like they skipped five steps in that story. Yeah, because yeah, the th- last thing I remember... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Nope, uh, well, yeah, is it, it was a few weeks ago Eddie Kingston told the Blade that you have to get your house in order. Yeah, so that's I'm what like, I was oh, going to say. Okay, we're going to get a Blade versus QT Marshall feud or match. And then it never happened. However... The next two episodes, which I believe was a live episode and then a taping, I believe Mm -hmm. that's when AEW sort of had their uh, exposure to COVID and the Blade wasn't around and Allie wasn't around. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that might have been why.
1: Yeah,
0: more than likely. So it's unfortunate because also Allie was teaming with Brandy Brandy. and they were the Nightmare Sisters and now that's dropped as well. Mm -hmm. And Brandy's now... Maybe forming a team with Red Velvet—it's just very confusing. Like it, it was, it's pretty sloppy. It's mm-hmm. fine. Like it makes more sense to have her with Kingston's family, but mm-hmm. how they got there—there there was, there's was nothing there. There's no yeah. story. It just happened. Anywho, um, on to dynamite. So I heard some. I'll just say AW Dynamite for uh, for a good two months now has a pattern of a live show being not being so good and their tape shows being very good. Their live shows having timing issues. Their tape <laughs> shows being very polished because they can edit it. Um, they've edited some promos. They It's just been a much tighter experience. So heading into this week, Looking at the card they had, I was I was excited, but very worried because they had six matches on the card, the uh, the steak dinner with MJF and and Jericho and Jericho and you would think some promos heading into uh, heading into full gear in just two weeks time. I was I was extremely excited, but also very worried because. The maximum amount of matches they've been able to get in has been six, and they've struggled on the nights when they've done six matches mm-hmm. with their timing. So I was just like, okay, some of these matches have to be squashes. Some of them have to be quick. But they essentially they're, the timing of the episode, the production, had to be perfect yeah. down to the second. And I am happy to say that this episode is the best episode they've had of the pandemic by far for me by a long shot and we've had a few really good episodes and i would say had this episode been in front of a crowd like in the in your standard stadium matches before COVID happened it would be among the top three episodes they've ever done like they were hitting on all cylinders in this match oh for sure yeah this whole night was really good hmm and I read or I I heard something today that said um, watching a good AEW show can sort of boost somebody's week, can make somebody's week really, really good. It can, can improve their mood. And I have to say, as somebody that um, struggles with anxiety, this has happened to me on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely the case yesterday yesterday was a tough day for me and by the end of this episode i could not wipe the smile off my face i couldn't go to sleep i was up until like 2 30 in the morning (laughs) i was just like i was just so happy i was like i don't want to go to sleep after this this is this was so much fun Mm -hmm. i was just looking around the internet for people talking about it (laughs) yeah
1: it was it was a really good episode usually how i judge uh wrestling shows is my wife's level of interest in the show Mm -hmm. she likes wrestling Mm -hmm. but not nearly as much as i do she usually plays on the switch or on her phone while i'm watching but last night she paid attention to a lot she seemed like she was really enjoying herself too so that's how you know it's a, a good show when you can get someone who's a pretty casual fan like my wife to to sit up and watch
0: okay so the first match we had was the first match in the uh in the I'm not even gonna try and say the name of this tournament, but just the number one contender tournament for the title. <laughs> yeah, I can't um, even
1: think of it now. Yeah, it, it's a tongue twister. And <laughs> yeah. the the announcers were having trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah, JR, of course. And yeah, he's, uh, he's from where I'm from, so we have a lot of we have a hard time with words sometimes. Yeah.
0: So um Yeah, so heading into uh into this match with Wardlow and Jungle Boy, uh Jungle Boy if I'm not mistaken, of his non-AW dark matches, his opponents have been MJF, Chris Jericho, and Cody. So the top of the top in the company. Mm-hmm. And he beat MJF. He's He has a win and a loss against MJF. He went the distance with, with Jericho, and he went deep with Cody and lost as well. So he's being positioned essentially he's being positioned as MJF's equal that is essentially the story that i'm gleaning from this match and mm-hmm. it's not a coincidence that the person that he is going up against is M- is MJF's hired gun who he who MJF is having friction with right now he's and he's having some like a slow brewing animosity and he's kind of afraid of Wardlow of what he can do, and uh, the significance of this is, let's say, um, jo- let's say Wardlow beats Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is essentially MJF's equal, his nemesis going forward long term. If he beats him handily, MJF couldn't beat Jungle Boy handily. Mm-hmm. What does that say about uh, Wardlow and MJF down the low, down the line? So I was really excited about that, about what that would mean, and it—I did. It was not a disappointment. It was absolutely a barn burner. Um, mm-hmm. There was a ton of near falls for uh, for Jungle Boy against Wardlow. He was kicking out of Wardlow's big moves. Wardlow did not uh, get knocked off his feet for the first five minutes of the match. Yeah. And even then it was like a hurricane Rana off the top rope that mm-hmm. finally knocked him over, and he he hits this hurricane Rana and then he did his double knees off the top rope, which was the finisher that he used on k t v just the other night, and Wardlow kicked out easily and then rolled out to the outside and then m j or m j f um <laughs> jungle boy meets him outside and Wardlow gets the advantage and just tosses Jungle Boy like he's Kermit the Frog yes. flying off a building. And he, he F10s just him into F-10s the ring. Him. Yeah. His, his hair's whipping around like a helicopter, and he damn near got decapitated on the top rope. Yeah, I know. He was close to hitting the top rope. Yeah. He, and then he goes in the ring and hits him again with another F10. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, he got like 10 feet of air. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> he was, the, was like he's
1: was throwing a baby up in the air or something.
0: He was in the air for so long. And he actually didn't hit his other signature move, which is the top rope uh, GTS, yeah. which I love. So they're obviously saving that for another match, because that's the most devastating. That's mm-hmm. among the most devastating moves I've ever seen. Yeah, it looks gnarly. It's gnarly, and it mm-hmm. legit looks dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. I'm afraid for people when he does yeah. it. Um there was actually there was another I have to say there was a really nice move where um Jungle Boy grabbed the fa he hit a backstabber on Wardlow, but he he was hanging onto Wardlow's face from behind just for what felt like ten seconds while Wardlow was just slowly <laughs> like leaning backwards trying to stay upright. It was bru- it was super violent oh. and I loved it. Um, so at the end of this match, I would give it a solid, a solid four for the, for the ring work and a five for the booking. Cause they feel like this, uh, this match has some really good long-term story booking benefits for not only Jungle Boy and Wardlow, but for MJF as well
1: down the line. Yeah.
0: What were you, what, did... were, what were your opinion, opinions of this match overall?
1: Uh, I like the match a lot. I love I love Jungle Boy. He's I think he's a really good natural baby face, especially like underdog type like he mm-hmm. was in this match mm-hmm. where he's all hope spots. Yes, yes. He 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 draws you in. He's really good-looking guy. You want to root for him. And this match was just perfectly around both their strengths of Wardlow just being a giant monster just throwing him around like he's a toy. A <laughs> Jungle Boy coming back doing doing his hope spots and You know, it was just really good. I I gotta agree with you. I give it a a four out of five booking. It wasn't too long. Yeah. Didn't didn't overstay its welcome. Jungle Boy still looks Mm -hmm, good, mm -hmm. and Wardlow looks like a monster heading into next week. So it was done perfectly.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Okay, so the next thing was Kingston's promo from last week that he um sorry he cut a a, an extended promo after Dynamite dynamite went off the air and he it's essentially him over top of uh moxley saying that you left us you abandoned us um i think i went into this last week but essentially (laughs) you left us you abandoned us um you were supposed to take us with you to the land of sports entertainment and you you didn't have our backs Mm-hmm. And then it's an and then they put up the graphic and it's announced that it's an I quit match between the two of them at uh full gear and that is the most exciting thing I have <laughs> ever heard because that is Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, two of the best wrestlers with mic skills, mm-hmm. being able to cut a promo for the whole match. How for however long <laughs> this match goes. And yeah. you you have to think it's probably Gonna be the uh, gonna be the main event, so it could go thirty minutes. So it's thirty minutes of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley with a live mic in an I Quit match. And I will tell you, I have seen Eddie Kingston with a live mic in an I Quit match, and it is the funniest thing mm-hmm. you have ever heard. The ref comes up, puts the mic into his into his face. Do you quit? And he looks at the ref and says, "Fuck no, get out of my face." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it was against Jacob Fatu. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that match who's was with that MLW was too It was a great match but, yeah, uh, It's is... for free online if you look it up I can't remember the promotion But uh very, very good match And mm. it'll give you a taste of what's to come Yeah,
1: um, this promo from last week that they aired Just the emotion in Kingston's voice Was just like he almost Like you could hear his voice breaking When he said you're supposed to take mm-hmm. us with you and stuff It was just I could listen to Kingston read the phone book, man. He's just amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, I want him to do the uh, the that scene from The Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> uh,
1: I loathe you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, then next they go to a Moxley promo, and this was another one of Moxley's supreme vignettes. Mm-hmm. So he essentially says that uh, he and Kingston came up together that uh, he's always been Kingston's friend, that he always had Kingston's back, that he was proud to face him on Dynamite. But uh, ever since the end of that match, where he choked Kingston out, um, he's been very disappointed in him. He says that uh, Kingston's been very whiny, that the only reason why Kingston didn't tap was because he was passed out blowing snot bubbles. Yeah. (laughs) And he said that uh, he's gonna make, he's gonna settle this once and for all. He's gonna make him say I quit. And he says that he's either at the end of this match, he's either gonna have his friend back or he's gonna end Eddie Kingston. And um, he says that Kingston will have nobody to blame but himself. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy God, <laughs> like, where did this come? Well, I know where it came from. It's John Moxley. Yeah, but I'm. I've been so used to promos over the years that didn't even come close to
1: this that I was just blown away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you could tell these guys uh you could tell they've worked together a long time and mm-hmm. you can tell they respect each other a whole lot cuz they just they're really going after it and it's been such kind of I mean the match was announced tonight but it's been like it's been it's been building but you just like just from last night, these first two promos just mm-hmm. completely sold me. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, this is going to be an awesome match, and I can't wait.
0: Yeah, I was thinking ever since uh, Kingston first said, I think it was even on AW Dark where he said, I never tapped. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. they're going to do an I quit match. Yeah. And uh, I knew that's where they were going because I had seen his previous I quit match and how incredible it was. So I'm really happy that that's what they're doing because – if people aren't sold on Eddie Kingston now, this is how they, yeah, this is how you win people over. Um, yes. Okay, so the next match is was oh, another highlight, but for reasons that you don't quite expect, mm-hmm. it was Kenny versus Sunny Kiss, and just to before we go into this, Sunny Kiss was inserted into this match because Joey Janela wrestled mm-hmm. at at The GCW events over the past couple of weeks and over the past couple of weekends, and he was in close contact with uh, some people with that have come down with COVID 19. And um, he's, as far as I know, has tested negative, but mm-hmm. out of an abundance of caution, they pulled him, and that's good. I'm happy they're doing that. So, naturally, his uh, acting partner got inserted in. In his place, and I always thought this was going to be a squash. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why I thought it was going to be a squash because it makes a little less story sense with Sunny Kiss, but with Joey Janella, uh Kenny and Joey had two really good, two really really good, fairly lengthy matches at the beginning of the year. One on Dark, and one on Dynamite. One was a hardcore match, and the other one was a regular match. But they were widely regarded as fantastic matches. Mm-hmm. And um, he gave Janella time. He gave him a lot of offense. And he this was an example of what Kenny was talking about in Being the Elite, where he was slumming it with people and putting people over. He put Janella over in those matches. So I had always suspected when this was announced that he was going to contrast year one Kenny with year two Kenny by blowing Janella's head off yeah and that is essentially what happened for Sunny Kiss <laughs> so <laughs> what happens is Kenny comes out and his video appears to be almost the same if slightly altered from his original video when he first debuted in AEW for the first couple months which was him walking through the crowds of japan and then walking through the leaving japan and coming to coming to the states so that was interesting choice using that again i'm sure there's a reason for that and justin roberts is on the mic running down all of kenny's accomplishments <laughs> going through all his highlights um essentially portraying kenny as the ace of the company yeah uh, not moxley not cody It's Kenny because Kenny has decided it's Kenny now. Mm -hmm. Essentially saying that until this time, he's been, as I keep saying, slumming it in
1: uh, in the tag tag division. What did Justin Roberts said something? He's so fluent in Japanese that he translates for uh, Michael Nakazawa or something. (laughs) (laughs) And he even said, uh, he said like, and he's even wrestled in North Carolina
0: as if that's sort of like people could relate to him now. (laughs) is very funny and then and then some video gamey i could only describe this music as video gamey kicks in (laughs) and two women come out of the heel tunnel and they have brooms and they're sweeping they're dancing and and i'm fully anticipating kenny coming up behind them in full cleaner outfit maybe the duster maybe the glasses And no Kenny. And then Battlecry hits his his, uh, entrance gear. And Kenny appears in the face tunnel. Or his silhouette appears in the face tunnel. And Pyro goes off. He comes out. And he's essentially portrayed as the star of the company that everyone expected he would be when he got to AEW. He's just like, this is what you wanted. This is what you get. And uh, he gets to the ring. And he's walking around... The ring, the bell rings. He's walking around the ring, and he does a couple times, and then V trigger one ringed angel, one two three. It's done. I counted it. The match was sixteen seconds.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I looked away for a second. I missed the V trigger. (laughs) I I looked down and I looked up. I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) And he's sitting over top,
0: and then sort of, it was almost like a switch flipped as soon as uh he went for the V trigger because he's sitting over top of Sonny and with this uncaring <laughs> smug look on his face. His face is
1: priceless.
0: That uh and then he starts tapping his wrist, like indicating the time that it mm-hmm. took him to just destroy Sonny Kiss, like as if this match was beneath him. Mm-hmm. Like uh he he shouldn't even have had to be there. And then he snaps back to it. Gets back up. He's the face of the company again. Puts his hands up. Helps Sonny kiss up. Gives him a hug. It all seems super disingenuous. Yeah. And I loved every second of it. Yeah, I loved
1: it. just screamed big dick energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Just gave Sonny a hug. Did like a good job at Sonny and then just kind of walked off. (laughs) And
0: Sonny's face looked like a... He was not having it, yeah, was, what the hell he just was happened. dejected he was like yeah. why why would you do this to me?" <laughs> yeah. and kudos to Sonny because he stepped up and took the job on this one, and he did not have to do that, mm-hmm. and like uh, everyone has to do the job at some point, so good for him, and for me, like obviously, you can't give a star rating to that match, but I give it five star booking. Because that was incredible character work and incredible booking. And I loved every second of it. And it just sort of highlighted, like, everyone else in this tournament on this day gave their all and left it all in the ring. And Kenny just, two moves, I'm out of (laughs) here. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's, yeah, he bros, bros, breezed through his match and just was like, well. That's that's how I do it and just kinda of walked off. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was incredible. it was just a tease
0: of what's to come for mm. with Kenny. It's sort of like we're not gonna get this ace Kenny. This the face of the company Kenny. We're gonna get the cleaner. The cleaner's gonna come out by the end of this tournament. I suspect. And I think they've been hitting it hinting at that for a long time. I think mm. uh they've been hinting at Kenny turning
1: heel and beating Moxley since Moxley beat him. Oh, yeah. I think what my prediction is after the I Quit match, Kenny's going to come down through the crowd, kind of mirroring what Moxley did to him, and then he's going to one-wing angel Moxley off of something probably pretty high, and then probably the next night, or not the next night, but the next Dynamite, come out and beat up Moxley again, kind of like how Moxley beat him up. Mm-hmm. on that first dynamite mm-hmm. slam him through a pro- glass table or something. Mm-hmm. We probably don't see him look
0: like the cleaner until that dynamite episode, mm-hmm. I would say.
1: Maybe, maybe, uh, at full gear. Yeah. I could, maybe the finals, he, he's or still maybe trying to even be a good went, guy and then he finally snaps. Or maybe he even just when he cleaning. faces Moxley mm-hmm. and you have to
0: think like, when is he going to face Moxley? Is it going to be in three months' time?
1: I could see that. Or maybe they'll do a big special episode of Dynamite. They could but... do
0: it on Dynamite, and that would probably get the biggest ratings
1: that the show's ever had. Mm-hmm. So that would be it good. Maybe, maybe like an end-of-the-year Dynamite or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe uh, they try to build till... Because when's the next pay-per-view after Full Gear? Mm-hmm. It's not till February, right?
0: Yeah, normally it's in... yeah. February 1st, around that
1: end of January. They could try to build it, and then I don't know how you would. I guess Mm -hmm. just keep having other other people get in their way. I
0: do remember they did a really big New Year's show last Mm -hmm. year, so I think they might be saving it for that. Yeah, they could do that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the next bit was a fun, just a silly little Orange Cassidy promo where um, I, I think it's Alex Marvez. Yes, I think it's Marvez... Uh, or it could have been Tony But they asked uh, It was so short yeah. Yeah. They tell uh, Orange Cast, He's like Are you ready for your match next week? Or He's like Yep We're going to uh, What does he say? Yeah, we're going to Cincinnati Cincinnati, yeah so, and no, We're actually staying here <laughs> They're like Oh, no It's going to be in uh, Jacksonville, Florida He's like Whatever Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was like okay this is the funniest man on earth Mm -hmm. but I mentioned last week and I don't know if I mentioned about Orange Cassidy I meant to but I said about FTR where AW was sort of relying too much on certain wrestlers every week and they Mm -hmm. were putting in them in matches every week and they were sort of overexposing them and getting a bit of a lot of diminishing returns from them just Just by repeatedly having them out there, so they didn't feel as special. Mm -hmm. And just not having Orange Cassidy and FTR as well in a match on TV just made them, just made me want them,
1: want to see them again.
0: Yeah, Orange uh, Cassidy's
1: definitely the type of character, like, I love him, but mm -hmm. if he was on every week, it would, I could see it getting really old.
0: Yeah, you get tired of him. Like, by Mm -hmm. the time the Mimosa Mayhem match happened, I was. I was bored of him. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that like just one week away and distances made the heart grow fonder
1: already. Like yeah. I'm already excited to see him again next week. Yeah. Cause there's only so many times you can do, Oh, he's actually a good wrestler type thing. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before it gets too old.
0: Yeah. You have to let him just do a fun promo like this every
1: once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of a tease for next week. Yeah. Or just have him, like, what was it? The Young Bucks versus uh, Pr- uh, Proud and Powerful when they were doing the backstage brawl. And they went <laughs> to a room and Orange Cassidy was just standing there. And then they just walked out. Like, that stuff's great. whenever you If you don't want him to wrestle or to have a promo, just have him do stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just, like, well to remind you that he's there. But mm-hmm. you don't have to watch him perform. Because you've, we forget that he got super over in the first what was it like 3 months of the company and he didn't mm-hmm. even have a match yeah they have to yeah, remember you just come out
1: and stand there and yeah. <laughs> like people go nuts
0: yeah they have to remember that uh it doesn't it doesn't always have to be in your face with some mm-hmm. of these guys okay so the next segment plays into the uh orange casty thing it's uh, a Cody interview segment and it's essentially uh they meet him in the parking lot and the interviewer mentions that he's gained 14 pounds since he's been away. I don't know how that's possible, but I believe him. I believe he has a private gym. Um, some <laughs> people are saying he's juicing. I don't believe that. If you have a
1: private gym, you look like this. Yeah, um, he, I mean, he can probably afford a private gym and a, uh, I forget the term, but someone to help him eat right. And
0: yeah, he's a personal trainer. Personal and, trainer, that's it. Yeah, like he, he knows what he's doing. He's not that big. Relax. Anyways, yeah, but uh, he, he essentially says back that
1: acne then maybe we can
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's put on 14 pounds and he says that uh, He says that This AW has sort of been known as the land of the light heavyweights mm-hmm. and he said that uh, It's time for him to separate himself and become more of a heavyweight and he says as you can see by the guys that I've beaten You can start calling me the giant killer and uh, he says that he hears there heard there's going to be a stipulation in next week's match, and that's revealed later down the line, in mm-hmm. the in the show. But it's it's kind of funny because like, who is he facing next week? Why does he need all these months for Orange Cassidy? Yeah, <laughs> the I, man who I, doesn't take his hands out of his pockets. Yeah, no, like he it, could probably lose weight and still beat
1: Orange Cassidy. Makes me laugh. He just gave himself another nickname. He's he's got to be turning heel soon. Yeah, because he no, jokes about that too. Yeah, no says, good guy uh, gives himself dick's names.
0: Yeah, he said uh he said I don't want to uh give Justin Roberts anything more to say, but uh but you can start calling me the giant killer. Mm-hmm. Like it and yes, I I'm absolutely I'm still hoping that we're gonna get an eventual heel turn for him. I just think they've been trying to put us off the path there for a mm-hmm. bit, because everyone was sort of being like oh, it's with FDR, it's going to be the Horseman, this and that, this and that. and now no one's talking about
1: that, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah, could be trying to uh, keep us from thinking about it, but I do, one of my favorite gimmicks in all of wrestling ever is a smaller guy calling himself a giant killer. That's always <laughs> been one of my favorite gimmicks since I was a little kid, uh, when in WWF, when the the Hollies used to do it, like they'd go out and try to beat up the Big Show and stuff. I always thought that was funny. And, <laughs> I mean, AEW doesn't have like people big show size, but they definitely have giants. So, if they want to run with it, I, I could get behind it. But
0: no, they have some. They have some big, big
1: boys now. They should have, and um, they keep John Silver take over the giant killer gimmick. I think that'd be hilarious. Oh my god, John Silver's <laughs> so funny.
0: Okay, so next we have another fantastic Eddie oh Kingston gosh, this promo. Is
1: like promo of the year stuff right here.
0: The, yeah, this is this is. As a like any wrestler getting into wrestling, or just any wrestler in general, even if they're a veteran, needs to watch Eddie Kingston promos. They specifically his vignettes. Mm-hmm. And I just in my notes here I have Eddie Kingston is the ultimate hood poet of AEW. Yeah. He is yeah. just it's so raw and so real and it has so much integrity and it brings so much to the show. You Mm -hmm. believe everything he's saying because when he's saying he's right up in the camera, you can see all the scars. You can see the, you can see the gray hairs. You can see the tears coming down his
1: face when he's doing these promos. And it's the thing I always like about his promos like this is he's always, not always, but usually the heel, Mm -hmm. but they're like, they're baby face promos. But he Mm says them so real and so raw and with a little bit of menace behind him that it works and it's just outstanding how he does it.
0: Like, I legit, I want, I'm cheering for Eddie Kingston. I want Eddie Kingston to win. Oh, yeah. I know I, he's not going to win. Yeah, I know. I know he's not going to win. They can, He's too old. They can't put, they can't take the belt off John Moxley, the face of their company, to put it on Eddie Kingston. Especially when you look in the, at the long-term booking they've done. It's clearly going to be Moxley versus Kenny down the line. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do Kenny versus Kingston, even though I think that would be incredible. with them both being lovers of uh, Japanese wrestling. Yes. I think that would actually be a sleeper hit.
1: But I digress. We were just talking how they extend the Kenny Moxley match until February. What Mm -hmm. if they just decide to do a road bump where Kingston wins it for like a month or so, and then Moxley has to try to win it back. And then... Hey, he could, man. I mean, (laughs) Kingston on the mic with the belt would be incredible.
0: And it would be nice at this stage in his career, to reward Kingston. Oh, yeah. I think at some point Kingston's going to win the TNT title, and he's going to have that for a while. Oh, I think, man. I think that's his role. Mm-hmm. I had always hoped that... Um, I mean, they got sort of pushed into this into this angle. I had always hoped that Kingston would, uh, would face Moxley after Moxley dropped the title, so that Kingston mm-hmm. could beat Moxley without moxley having to give up the title to him yeah i thought they would do but,
1: it down the down the line but this this is this is beautiful yeah the COVID messed up their plans that one week and then but that's one thing i like about AEW is they had to change their plans so they, they did they know King, the art of the King, pivot yeah they <laughs> did kingston versus moxley and then their promos in that just that one night were like whoa so then they just kept going with it and it's just mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so in this promo kingston says that uh He's like he's like yeah John I'm not proud of myself. I can't look at myself in the mirror anymore. <sighs> he said I he said yeah I be- I became a scumbag to finally get noticed because it's yeah. been 18 years and no one gave a shit about me. Nobody helped yeah. me. You abandoned me and you were my friend. Like if you're going to abandon me and you're my friend, who's going to who's going to look out for me? Nobody. So yeah, I had to do some terrible things to get where I am and look where I am. I'm in the title picture. So <laughs>
1: He's like I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. And then he says that he's never quit anything in his life. Yeah. Moxley wants him to to quit that he's going to have to go to a deep dark place where Kingston already lives and then he does his wink at the camera.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. And like mm-hmm. he does it and you can literally see every pore on his face. Mhm. It's
1: uh, it's a, it's like you're watching an art film. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Yeah, he, I love it. He he's like a like a mob boss, you know, like a movie. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just awesome. It's God, so good. Like I said earlier, I could just listen to him read the phone book. Mm-hmm. He he's incredible. Like, yeah.
0: Okay, so from that somber tone. To Penta versus oh, Phoenix, man. this match was and oh my <sighs> God,
1: talk about an instant classic five star match, yeah, they but, just have casually having a match of the year on a random Wednesday night, like
0: I didn't think this match was gonna be as good as it was, not because of the talent but because it's kind of it's happened in other promotions or in indie promotions, but this is a dream match, especially on national television. <laughs> um, and I didn't think that they would go this hard because you would think that they would want to build to it, but it was like they went at it like it was a blood feud, and that normally wouldn't work for a match going in cold, but because they're they are actual brothers, they had the sibling rivalry, and it it was like a fight that they've been having their whole lives as anyone with, uh, with a brother or sister will know. <laughs> like, it was just from the drop of the hat when, like, in every single Pentagon match, he takes off his glove and he throws it. He mm-hmm. took off his glove and dropped it. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah, he did this toss it to get real. the riff, but he did Yeah, he normally makes a big scene of it. And this was live in front of crowds. He didn't do that. He took off the glove and... and and uh, and dropped it on the ground. I was like, uh-oh. It's like when Orange Cassidy takes off the glasses. You're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. This is about to get real. And yeah. they just slapped the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> the Pentagon's leg kicks, the mm-hmm. slaps, the punches, and they were the counters that they had. They were counters that you could only do by having this fight your whole life with the same person. They knew oh, each yeah. other like the back of their hand. Like they were, yeah. they were baiting each. It was like watching, uh, like fighters in mortal, co- like professional fighters in mortal combat, like fainting and yeah, like <laughs> like uh, pulling each other into the into the fights, like tr- trying to get them to do moves that they know <laughs> their that they know
1: the counters to already. Yeah. Uh, what's yeah. the term in fighting against footsies using footsies in real life? Yes. Oh, it was it was so it was great and cool. Uh, like, Pinta has got to have top three chops in wrestling right now. Absolutely, his cho- his chops are always just great.
0: His overhand uh, lucha chops, mm-hmm. oof! And they had uh, in the the spot a spot that I always love. They do it in Japan a lot, and I've seen it a lot from. I haven't watched a lot of lucha, but I have watched a lot of luchadors in PWG. And they mm-hmm. always do this spot, so I feel like it's something that they must do in Mexico, where it's uh you'll have a guy kneeling on the ground, challenging the the opponent to kick him in the head, or mm-hmm. to hit him. And they were doing it. it. It just had so much more behind it with the familiarity that they had. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. "Come on,
1: brother! Come on, brother! Hit me! Hit me, mm-hmm. brother!" The commentary did a good job of playing that up too. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you know, they when they were kids, they would always break their beds because they'd practice moves on each other. And then mm-hmm. when they got into the business, they didn't tell anyone that they were um, brothers because they didn't want to get booked together all the time and stuff. It was yeah. Commentary did a really good job, and Kingston was on commentary too. Yes, I
0: forgot, and
1: he he played it up.
0: He <laughs> played it up superbly. Like there, there was this one move where Phoenix and he knocked himself silly. But again, I've mentioned this before in, in our first AEW review. I never, you don't know if anyone's ever actually truly injured because they sell so well and then use the injuries later on in the in mm-hmm. the match to, uh, to tell the story. So Phoenix goes up for a head scissors off the top rope and knocks himself silly, or looks oh, like man. he knocks himself silly. Can't yeah. confirm or deny, but Penta looked... Uh, legitimately shaken up he was just like are you like he was looking out for his brother he -hmm. knew that it was still a match and he was still wrestling him but he was he was looking out for his for his younger brother and uh Aubrey Edwards the ref was also like checking in on uh Phoenix and then it seemed a couple times that Phoenix would lull Penta in while he was it almost seemed like he was faking the injury, and then he would attack Penta mm-hmm. and uh, and take advantage of him. And they did this for the whole last third of the match. And I, for the life of me, I couldn't tell if Phoenix was hurt or if he was uh, yeah. playing up this psychology angle. And it was insane. And there, Penta hit on his brother on Phoenix. The wildest pop-up powerbomb oh, I've ever seen in my incredible. fucking life. Yeah. He threw him like 15 feet in the air, flipping and slammed mm-hmm. him down, and and that was as, the finish. <laughs> it, you guys can you guys can hear how monotone I am? I screamed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, like what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: I, I jumped out of my seat. <laughs> I was like, we had just smokes. finished eating dinner during this match, and I was sitting down. And I heard the commentators go, "Oh, what the hell was that?" So I had to rewind it so I could see it again. I was like, "Oh, wow! I'm glad I rewound that because that was incredible."
0: Yeah, and then Penta did his uh, his arm snap. It's uh, similar to sort of similar type of thing to what Ronda Rousey used to do with the arm bar, where she would break the person's arm. And then he slows right down again to show mercy on Phoenix yeah, you to could, check on you his You see arm. it on his
1: face through his mask that he was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. He's
0: like, like that's w- my brother. He's like, this is my little brother. Mm-hmm. So he goes in to check on him. And then he's like, so he hesitates and then he's like, okay, I'm going to go for one final move for the pin. He hits the ropes, comes back, and Phoenix reverses it into a destroyer, which mm-hmm. we have not seen pin anybody and AW, and they finally used it for a pin, and I was yeah. so happy because it kind of redeems the move a bit because yeah. it was overused at one point, and then. But I will say this: that we say this all the time about AW. They. They recognize that stuff. They make fun of it, and then they adapt. Mm-hmm. They that became a BTE bit where they the young bucks were challenging. Uh, um luchasaurus to do a uh canadian destroyer in their match where they tag team together and he couldn't do it and they they were making fun of him saying like <laughs> oh any everybody can do a canadian destroyer Mm-hmm. And, that's funny and i yeah. haven't seen one since then until this match yeah well they kind
1: of cooled with off pin. on the destroyers after um was it phoenix that did that one from inside the ring outside of that was like the damnedest destroyer i've ever seen
0: yeah i think and, that might have been that was one of the last ones yeah. <laughs> and that was right around the time they did this beat. They did that mm-hmm. BTE bit. And they haven't done it since this and it was uh the a finisher on what I would consider a five-star match
1: and one of the matches of the year. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Just a random Wednesday in October just having a match of the year candidate. So like, <laughs> yeah, I
0: truly hope Phoenix is okay, but I'm really excited for Kenny versus Phoenix. I've yeah, actually I seen he's... a Kenny versus Phoenix match uh, mm-hmm. in
1: Triple A or A and it was Yeah, that, that's how Kenny amazing. won the title. Yep. It's, uh, very, very good. Very, very good. I, I I really think Phoenix may have been hurt for a second. I don't think he was, like, really hurt. I think he might have just kind of knocked himself mm-hmm. a little silly for a second. Because once they got up and did the top rope Spanish fly, I was like, oh, he's he's feeling fine now. But, oh, yeah. He, or he could just be a Just seller. He did moves, that you, he
0: did moves that you
1: shouldn't it. be doing with a concussion. So <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think he's fine. No, okay, I hope he so is at
0: the, least <laughs> the next segment is uh is just a nice funny little interview oh. <laughs> with uh Colt Cabana, John Silver and Reynolds and just just super fun. It is it is just uh John Silver at his absolute manic best. Um He's like all oh, yeah, hopped up on caffeine. Like he's diet Mountain Dew is what J.R. kept saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he he's yelling about how he hates Colt Cabana, but he knows Colt is gonna win the tournament. And how they have to win the tournament because Dark Order's been having a tough time lately and Brody's yeah. really mad and they have to win this for him. And then he just starts flexing like a madman
1: and runs off into the <laughs> distance. Yeah. Didn't he uh Cabana says something like he's not feeling any pressure, and then Silver's like, You gotta feel pressure, we've all been feeling pressure, or something like that. He's like, How can you be happy right now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it
0: was very it was short, it was good, it was fantastic. And Mm -hmm. uh I think I'm really excited for the eventual John Silver push,
1: which is happening now, it looks like. Oh yeah. When we get to the tag match later you can you can tell they they see a lot in them. Yes.
0: Okay, so the next match is... Oh, yeah, then uh, I think it was Alex Marvez. says, so like, hey, you actually... Uh, Colt, you have a match now, so get out there, which yeah. is nice. I like that. It was a nice segue. Mm-hmm. Better than my own. And then it <laughs> yeah. goes... So Cabana versus Hangman. And this match was... I don't want to say it was underwhelming, but I think coming off of the Phoenix match, I was still... I was coming down off of that high and yeah. this match it was just very very solid. It was yeah. the most solid wrestle pure wrestling match on the show.
1: And yeah, I mean Hangman's great. Cabana's a a a veteran. Of, and they said he's been wrestling for 18 years, so yeah, yeah, you know he knows how to put a match together and it, it was just it was just a really solid match. Yeah, he yeah. makes everyone look like a million bucks.
0: <laughs> um he can put he can put anyone over. There's never any mistakes in his matches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love his
1: Superman pin. That's such a cool move.
0: Yeah, the Superman pin is amazing. I love his elbows. His yeah. elbows actually looked
1: quite vicious
0: in this match.
1: Yeah, um, and and he's got the nod to Dusty Roads with the target on him and stuff. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, the flip flop and fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Hangman looked. Solid as well. He had yeah. a really long, hard-fought match with Cabana, contrasting yes. Kenny's very quick match <laughs> that he had with Sonny Kiss. Um, and, and, the one thing with this match where, uh, again, very, very good match. I think it was a legit four-star match. Um, but I knew because of it's probably going to be Hangman versus Kenny in the finals, if not Hangman getting screwed out just before the finals, maybe in the semis, that mm-hmm. there was no way Hangman was going to lose. So despite the false finishes being very good in this match, I didn't buy them at all. Yeah, because I, that's I knew that's the that problem. Hangman was
1: winning. That's the problem. Sometimes when you have tournaments and stuff, and you know mm-hmm. they're they're booking it towards something. So when you have matches like this, you're like, well, we know definitely who's winning, but. Mm-hmm. It was still a good match and I like that. Uh the only person to really come out with Colt is uh Evil Uno. They always seemed like they're good friends in the Dark Order. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like I liked uh yeah, or sorry. With the with the tournaments, it's hard to uh to not see where it's coming when it's an elimination tournament. When it's a mm-hmm. round robin tournament, it's very easy cuz somebody can have two or three losses within the tournament against different people, mm-hmm. you can get a lot of surprises. You can't get those surprises in elimination tournaments where you have a very clear goal as to who's going to be winning at the end. Mm-hmm. And, like, if they didn't have Kenny versus somebody or Kenny versus Hangman, people would lose their minds. Yeah. So, of course, they're doing Kenny versus probably Hangman. Mm-hmm. If not, maybe Wardlow. But even then, it's like,
1: it's not Wardlow's time yet. So. so, But with the... I thought of this, not to jump to the end of the show, but with the way things ended, they could do something where Wardlow makes it to the finals and then Hangman tries to step in to help out uh, one of the winners of the tag match, like trying to still extend the olive branch or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But... Yeah, there's I think, there's all kinds of ways that you can book this. I think the... In the finals, you want Kenny versus Hangman. And with the way they're doing it, where Hangman's... I mean, he's got Wardlow next week, and he's going to struggle there. And I was telling you before we started recording that I could see... I don't want it to happen, but I could see them definitely doing where Kenny squashes Phoenix, too. Maybe they'll tie into where he was hurt Mm -hmm. in this last match. Mm -hmm. Maybe Maybe it's all his story, and they'll tie it into the next one. And then so Kenny gets an easy win again, and then... Uh, Hangman's got to really struggle again, so he's just been getting beat up for the past two weeks. And, you know, they split up the tag teams, and Kenny's stepped right back into being a singles wrestler, just dominating everyone, and Hangman's having a struggle. Uh, the, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's There's so many different stories that are being told. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, the one thing that I think... I think the Bucks might cost Hangman. I could see that. I could see, like, maybe the Bucks... Try to do a little mirror of uh, they come out and maybe grab Hangman's foot, mm-hmm. the way Hangman grabbed their foot, and then he loses his match. Like maybe, bet. maybe against Wardlow, maybe in the finals. Like like maybe they come out and maybe they're trying to remain neutral mm-hmm. for the uh match between Kenny and Hangman, and they end up grabbing Hangman's foot.
1: That's, yeah, or they second Kenny out as more just to rub it in Hangman's face like look Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I think I think something's gonna happen there I think Mm -hmm. I think they're definitely gonna be out there for the match but maybe uh, maybe they try to appear neutral and then show their allegiance to Kenny by the end Mm -hmm. and then we get
1: the true heel elite
0: yes which I can't wait for that Mm mm-hmm It's going to be very, very good. Okay, so
1: let me just scroll down. My notes took... Uh, Next was the uh, FTW promo. Team Taz promo.
0: Which, uh, it was was fine. It was... uh, They essentially come out. They call out Hobbs. They call out Starks. Mm -hmm. Um, They're still
1: mad at Hobbs because he hasn't given him an answer. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm and they're just permanently mad at uh Allen for always yeah, always messing with him. And Stark's is mad that he's getting a TNT title shot or mm-hmm. uh, Darby Allen's getting a TNT title shot. Stark's isn't. And he cuts a really good promo on
0: yeah, Allen. He calls Allen a uh half fa- half face painted little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay, like Stark's is such a star. Mm-hmm. And uh I would like to see him go over in of all four of these guys i would like to see him be the one that emerges but there's there's a place for all of them i just think he's got such star potential with his talking oh yeah the other guys don't quite have a million
1: bucks on the mic at the at this point Mm
0: -hmm. and i do like the
1: feud of starks (laughs) in allen because it's like you know they're Mm -hmm. very different people and it's it's a cool contrast Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay, so now, arguably, oh, the <laughs> highlight of the show. And how, like, at this point, how many times have I said five stars in this episode? This would <laughs> like, be, I don't know. Like, said I think the third time I've said five mm-hmm. stars. This right here is the highlight of the show. It is the uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho. Uh, I can't remember the name, like, the Le... Debonair. Steak dinner or something like that. So funny. But, uh, so it cuts to Chris Jericho and, uh, MJF. They're sitting, having a steak dinner. They're one, they're one up, one upping each other over their, uh, over their orders. Oh, the rawness
1: of their steak. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They keep trying to, they go from, uh, from well done to blue. Mm -hmm. Like keep trying to lower the, lower the pink. And, um, and then Jericho calls out MJF. He's like, "What are you doing? You've you've been so rude to the to the waitress. You've been rude to me. You haven't been talking to me. Yeah. Why are we here? Why are we doing this?" He says, "The ratings ruler is a stupid name." Um, and then, like, but then they both like they're like, "Well, not as stupid as Orange Cassidy." And they're like, yeah. "Ah, this so." And then music hits, and <laughs> it is. It's Frank Sinatra. Yes. It's Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. And they start singing um, Me and My Shadow, but with different lyrics. And I'm somebody who grew, who was raised by a family who loved Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire and mm-hmm. Holiday Inn and White Christmas. So I grew up with these... With these songs, with these song and dance men in my life, mm-hmm. and I could not wipe the smile off my face. They were lampooning their various rivals. Yeah. they were. Uh, they are dancing around all these these women, and I can't remember what they were wearing. They were but, in um,
1: tuxedo tops and fishnets.
0: Yeah, and like bottoms. And Chris Jericho is in a red tuxedo, and and MJF is in a white. Mm-hmm. And MJF has a legitimate voice. And yeah, I had forgotten sing. he he was originally trained as a kid to be a singer. He's on Rosie O'Donnell as like a five year old singing. Um <laughs> you, can, you can look it up on YouTube. And when he was in when he was in college, he was the head of an a cappella group at his college. So he can sing. That is mm-hmm. his that's he's trained. And he's amazing. And Chris Jericho is singing. They're doing harmonies, mm-hmm. um, but the the funny thing is, uh, Chris Jericho is getting blown up as he's singing. <laughs> yeah. He's getting red faced He's getting winded. At one point, you can tell that they had to re-dub over some of his stuff because his his mouth doesn't quite line up mm-hmm. with the with the singing and. But it's it's really, really good because MJF is has been shadowing Chris Jericho this whole time. Their whole rise through AW although it wasn't obvious, like he's got his Hager with Wardlow, he's got his mm-hmm. scarf, he's got uh they've had their little promos that they've done with each other. Um and <laughs> Jericho could not keep up with him in yeah. this uh, in this dance number. He was he was dying. He was red faced. He looked like he was at the end of a thirty minute match. Yeah, he looked like by he the end beat of up. this. And uh, MJF was like, "Hey, do you want to do a little more?" And he's just like, "Oh from the, from the beginning." He's like, "Oh no, no, it's just from the last chorus."
1: And he's like, yeah. "Oh good, thank God." And yeah, it was just. And then they sit back down after they do the second course and then their steaks come out. And it's just a raw piece of meat. Yeah. It's a raw <laughs> piece of meat. They look at it like, this is disgusting. I can't eat this. Yeah, we can't eat this. We're going to have to send these back.
0: <laughs> and they both call out the... Uh, I forget The waitress's her name. name. I think it was but, Tannis. Yes. Yeah, but uh, like MJF kept calling her by the wrong name. Mm-hmm. Similar to yeah, Britt Baker.
1: Yeah, this whole segment was great. I was laughing so hard, so was my wife. We were both just rolling. He was really good.
0: Yeah, I even uh, my partner was uh, was in the other room, and afterwards, I walked in and she's like, "Did you hear that?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Did you hear the singing song?" There, she's like, "Yeah." It took me took me a moment, and then I was just like, "Isn't he watching wrestling?"
1: Yeah, I saw a bunch of people on Twitter saying, like, okay, that's it. Every wrestling show has to be a musical from now on and stuff like that. So it seemed to go over really well, which is good. I saw Those types of things can be hit or miss.
0: I saw a tweet that was, um, this song wins the Tony Awards, and it was a picture (laughs) of Tony Khan. Tony Khan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next little bit, a very short bit, it was uh, Sammy Guevara cutting a promo with a bunch of photos of Matt Hardy with like uh-huh. delete written on them. And he's saying that he's going to delete Matt Hardy and they're building towards a cinematic elite deletion match at full gear. And fine cinematic, you can get some stunt doubles. Yeah. You can, you can get some stunt man you can get some pads for these mm-hmm. men to fall on if they have to. Yeah. This um, is
1: what it It should be. I'm glad they're doing that. So no one gets concussed again. Yeah, stuff so, so hopefully this is it because as much as i love both these guys this feud's kind of gone on a little too long no, in my opinion no one wants to see it so mm-hmm.
0: i hope they can just put this feud out to pasture with yeah. this on a note that doesn't disgust people
1: yeah i think that's <laughs> why they're doing this magic again just because how that last one went they want to in the feud on a
0: more positive it, it is what hardy's best at like hardy was
1: incredible in the stadium stampede so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, all his old deletion <laughs> matches and Impact, even the one they did in WWE when he fought Bray Wyatt, that one was really good. Mm-hmm. So, so th- this is what
0: he's good at, and I mm-hmm. I want to see Hardy doing. I do genuinely want to see Hardy doing something where he puts his best foot forward, and
1: this is his best foot at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got such a good creative mind for this type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. they'd be they should have him so, help all other wrestlers out that are doing these types of matches too.
0: Yeah, so alright, moving on. Britt Baker versus Kylan King. This was a good match. This mm-hmm. is one of the better uh Britt, this is one of the better women's matches we've had in a while. Um yeah. Kylan King can work for someone who's an enhancement talent. Again, I think this is one of the people who by the time a the third show rolls around will be sticking with the company. Um she I believe she is a trainee of QT and she is she's good. She's a good worker. And Baker looks great and has looked bigger, like visibly bigger, more muscular, more confident. Yeah. Her, her moves her abs
1: looked great last
0: night. She's got like four or five set moves that she does every match that are just brutal. <laughs> she's got a curb like a I believe it's um she's got a super dragon curb stomp where she mm-hmm. grabs the arms and stomps her face it's bru she's got a two curb stomps she's got yeah. the Seth Rollins curb stomp as well yeah she um she I'm has this on one move i don't know it's almost like a drop toe hold where she drop toe holds right right into the middle turnbuckle and yeah. it is just the nastiest thing i've ever seen yeah this was a good quick brutal match sure. she, There was no botches. It was clean. Um, Britt Baker's amazing. My only criticism that I can say, and this is really my only criticism of the whole show, so it's very, very small, is I was hoping that they would do something to build, like to make an announcement that Baker is challenging Sheeta for the title at Folk because... Sheeta has no feud. We haven't We saw her last week, but she wasn't there again. She's got yeah. no match announced for Full Gear. Um she's got no feud at all. We haven't heard her voice in weeks at this point. And at this point, as much as I love Sheeta, they haven't found a way to use her and to have her cut promos either with a manager or with subtitles or something. They haven't Mm -hmm. been able to do story. They gotta get the belt onto Baker because she is the face of the women's division and she will put the division on her back and run with it. Yeah. When she's on the screen, she's the most entertaining
1: person in the room. Yeah. it's, it's, It's really weird how little Sheeta has been on especially so close to the next pay-per-view. So I what? hope they don't just put her in a match for the pay-per-view. Nope, oh, she's wrestling. Who's, at a, who's number one ranked? Is it Nyla? They're going
0: to. I mean, hmm. Nyla has said that Nyla did challenge Sheeta on on Dark of All Places two weeks <laughs> ago for the title, and I was just like, that's weird. Nobody's going to see this. Yeah. Nobody knows that she challenged her and wasn't even really challenging it would, she said that she's not going to face anybody until she gets to challenge for the title. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what's happening, but nobody knows that it's happening. I don't even think Sheeta knows it's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then I mean, I was we've, like, we've talked about it since we started. That's like their really only really weak point is their women's division. Yeah,
0: their women's division is terrible. Mm-hmm. You can't mince words with it. Like the They have the talent. On the roster to do something really good, and they don't do it mm-hmm. so it it is what it is, and they kind of if they wanted to shoehorn a Britt Baker match in off of next week on the go home show, they shot themselves in the foot by uh j r saying that well Britt Baker's the number five ranked woman, I'm like, oh great, thanks, yeah, so now there's four there's four people ahead of her, so she can't just have a title match now. Yeah, It's just so frustrating. Anyways, moving on to another weird segment. Well, not weird <laughs> yeah. segment, but another thing that doesn't really make sense. A weird Darby and Stevo from Jackass promo where they just did they did the whole uh, this is me in the body bag bit. Yeah. And he slid down a half pipe. And I was like, why? Why is this on TV? <laughs> yeah. It's it, not two thousand two anymore.
1: Even though I love the Jackass guys, but no, they're I don't, they're
0: good. They're funny movies, but
1: mm-hmm. this doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah, I think it's just continuing. Get Darby Allen with uh, professional skaters and people like tangentially tied to skater culture. Just mm-hmm. having him hang out with the, uh, and around them.
0: No, it's it's just like Darby Allen name drops somebody from the mid from the early two thousands. Okay, great, thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, moving yeah. on to the the main event, the four way with FTR and commentary. This is actually I thought the weakest match of the show. Still a very good match, but as yeah. far as as far as what the Bucks can put together with these multi man matches, it's probably the worst they've done yeah. in since they've been in AEW. Again which is still a very good match like still like a three still like a three and a half three point seven five start match and so this match it got going and it was essentially each team got their turn controlling the match for a while mm-hmm. mark quinn was controlling it for a while the bucks were controlling it for a while um butcher or the blade was controlling it where they tag in and out. They isolate people, and then it kind of broke down, and everyone's fighting outside the ring. And then, for some reason, Sammy came out and started fighting Matt Hardy because he was there with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the, with Private Party, and it was fine. They just brawled into the back. It was like, okay, there they go. <laughs> and then there was, uh, um, John Silver got in the ring, and he. He and the blade double team. I think it was a member of the private party, and then uh, John Silver gets all excited and he yeah. puts up the recruitment hand. Yeah, and to uh, to join. <laughs> and and the butcher's like, oh, okay, or the blade's like, okay. He puts up the he puts up the hand, and he, and John Silver starts going nuts. And then the butcher comes out. He's just like, "What are you doing?" And then. Uh, Randall's comes out puts up the Dark Order hand and then the Butcher and they're like oh my god we got Butcher and the Blade to join the Dark Order and they're Mm -hmm. they're freaking out they're celebrating they turn around and then then Butcher and the Blade toss them out of the ring it's funny
1: it was a good comedy spot Um, yeah I like that a lot oh and this is uh, let me say this right here this is my obligatory I wish I looked like the Butcher comment
0: of the week because you want to look like a bouncer of every bar you've ever been into yeah Just okay the yeah. mustache and everything man it's great <laughs> yeah so um i don't remember what happened next it was, it was chaos apparently yeah. at one point in this match reynolds got knocked out cold
1: yeah i didn't see it but i saw people online talking about it i didn't. See yeah it was a,
0: apparently it was a leg drop from from um was a private party yeah, from Isaiah Cassidy. So I assume maybe it was they hit the uh, the Hardy Boys um, double team off the top rope, the leg mm-hmm. drop, and I can't remember. Is it a swanton? I don't think it's a
1: swanton. No, it's, a leg, it's like a leg drop and like a, dropping, like a flying fist or something. Okay, like
0: yeah. They, they hit that move. So that was probably the one on mm-hmm. Reynolds. Apparently Reynolds was just lying on the ground for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. I was like, what the heck? Knocked out of his mind, which which is unfortunate, but <clears throat> I hope he's okay. Um, John Silver at one point has the biggest fire up. <laughs> That's <laughs> what JR says. He's he, all hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> he takes out everybody from all over the ring. He essentially runs the whole lap around the ring, just taking taking everybody out. And the last one is he just. I think he does like a. Swanton over the barricade mm-hmm. onto Nick Jackson and someone else
1: who is out there. Mm-hmm. And it was just phenomenal. And so sorry, continue. I saw somebody online saying he looked like a tiny Cesaro whenever yeah. he was doing that. That's a
0: that's a perfect description. <laughs> yeah, he is he's mini Cesaro. Yeah. With bigger arms.
1: Yes, bigger arms. He's
0: got the biggest arms in wrestling. <laughs> and uh yeah, so but throughout the match the Bucks actually were uh on three different times they broke up the uh yeah. the three count diving in which uh I heard from what culture that's uh, that's actually some good symmetry to FTR going in and constantly breaking up the tags which might be a bit of a stretch but I I think I, I do believe it
1: and yeah, at that's p- usually in FTR matches. That's there's usually that's how the false finishes happen. Mm-hmm. It's usually FTR breaks up the yeah they the dive tags in with the, the with the, the breakup.
0: Mm-hmm. And at one point, the Bucks hit the hit uh the Meltzer driver on. It was with, orange or with Orange Cassidy with Isaiah Cassidy mm-hmm. being driven onto the
1: butcher butcher yeah and uh, it's like a. Ul driver swan tie, I don't know how it was weird,
0: yeah, no it's it's like a missile drop kick almost, mm-hmm. and then he lands on the butcher with his yeah. butt and um then after that point, uh at some point, Isaiah Cassidy rolls up Matt Jackson and Matt Jackson is able to reverse the roll up into actually a pretty cool looking roll up where yeah. uh and he gets uh he pins orange Cassidy for the three count and it's I just like Cassidy. okay. Sorry, yes, Isaiah Cassidy. <laughs> Too many casts. and uh, he, yeah. I was like, okay, good finish. Glad we got through this match because it seemed a little rough. Like it, it seemed a little helter skelter for a uh, for a for a match that mm-hmm. the Bucks were in. They they their matches yeah. are normally quite tight.
1: Well, maybe with if Reynolds did get hurt, maybe that kind of threw off everything.
0: Yeah, could I thought Reynolds got hurt. I thought that move came near the end, but. The, fair enough, that that could have been it, and because I didn't see him for a while after that uh bit with the recruit after the recruitment bit, I didn't see him very much. Mm-hmm. But then, um so they're celebrating. Then FDR comes down from commentary. I didn't even mention that. Like yeah. they they didn't say that much. They but they were playing up like, oh, these guys too many dives. These guys do too many mm-hmm. super kicks. They, do they like really like the butchering the blade though. They really shouldn't be doing so many super kicks. It's a they should really just be punching them in the mouth. It's much more effective. Mm-hmm. Much easier. I was like, "Okay, okay. That's the, that's their gimmick and I
1: actually quite like the gimmick. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of FDR. but yeah, they, they, they come seem down like they like butchering the blade." Yes, during commentary because they said that they wrestle our our style.
0: Yeah, so they uh they bring out beers, they hand them to the bucks, knowing full well that the bucks don't drink. Good so Christian boys, the bucks, They don't drink. <laughs> the bucks slapped the beers out of their hands, and those beers were bumping, <laughs> like big splashes. Yeah, um, they must have shook them up beforehand. Yeah, because those things exploded. <laughs> and then they say, and then a man hops in the ring, and he's got a chair, and he hits. Uh, I believe he hit. hit hits Nick, he hits Nick with a chair, <laughs> or could have been Matt. I can't remember, but. Um, He's got a mask on, and they're saying it's the cameraman, and I could tell it was Tully, but I could tell it was Tully that's immediately. That's beside the point, <laughs> but uh, they pick Nick up for the uh, for the spike pile driver, but it's FTR holding Nick, and Tully goes up still with the mask, jumps off. So he took a jump off the top rope. I
1: was surprised he did that for like, the spike,
0: but... and he bounced too. Yeah. Like he was, <laughs> he had some hop in his step when he mm-hmm. when he hit the ground. He he spikes him with the pile driver, and then he ends up. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they trap Max, Matt's ankle in the chair. Uh, Cash goes up on the top rope, slams on it, like, uh, does, uh, does the stomp onto the, onto the ankle, which is going to play into the next match with the super kicks. They were mm-hmm. talking about super kicks all match. Matt is incredible at uh, playing up an so, injury, as we've yeah. seen over the years with his back. He sold his
1: back for two years. Yeah, he sold his
0: back from New Japan all the way to Revolution against Kenny and Hangman. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's incredible at it. So they're going to play up the super kick angle where he's not going to be able to do that move. They're not going to be able to have their super kick party. They've been running around super kicking everybody for a month at this point. So I thought that was very shrewd. Uh, mm-hmm. storytelling on their part and then tolly rips off the mask it's tolly i thought it was a perfect end to kind of uh to a match and a feud that's kind of sputtered a little bit the past couple mm-hmm. weeks i think maybe a little bit because i think uh nick jackson got caught up in covid for a bit because he
1: was off as well yeah he hadn't so it he like... was on tv but he wasn't on tv yeah it, i think <laughs> he just it kept it... Acting like he was there.
0: I think it was uh there was one point where there was a a double super kick where you didn't actually see Nick but you saw the other leg I think it was yeah. Brandon Cutler's leg <laughs> came in off the side of the screen mm-hmm. to I think they super kick uh, I think that was when they super kicked Tony.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was just a leg out of nowhere. And, <laughs> and then Matt walks into frame. <laughs> it was ve- it was very funny. Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, so uh, it's fu- it's funny if you think about all the stories that haven't really worked with the exception of Miro and Kip Sabian they've all been kind of derailed by COVID so I'll got to give credit to A W for that one all the ones where Mm -hmm. they have been
1: around have been working yes and we got to end COVID so we can stop messing up our storylines oh my god I after this show
0: or no it was yeah it was the night before after the night before after dark um, it started auto playing the second half of the first all out Mm-hmm. and I forgot what it was like to watch A.W. with the A.W. crowd. Mm-hmm. It is sure. incredible, and I can't wait for that to come back, and hopefully it'll be back soon. Who knows? Hopefully with the – I don't – I mean, I'm Canadian, but hopefully in the States go out and vote so the, <laughs> yeah, everyone so the vote, government please. can help you guys with your COVID situation. <laughs> It's not yeah. as bad in Canada, but it's still bad. Um, the elections in two weeks. Everyone, make sure you go out and vote, please. Everyone, go please, and vote, please. From your fellow, from your Canadian friend, please. Yeah. It affects us too. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I this is
1: easily a five star episode. Oh yeah, for sure. This Easy. Is one of the best episodes. Uh, of the year for sure that i've seen of the whole run i guess they've only been on for a year or so
0: had the show been in front of a full live crowd in a stadium like a standard stadium because uh daly's place actually had you can't always hear the crowd because it's mm-hmm. partially outdoors um had it been in an indoor stadium this would might have been my favorite aw episode ever which mm-hmm. is saying a lot because uh the The early, ep, the very early episodes, and the January through February episodes were some of the best a uh,
1: wrestling TV I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, I think my favorite AEW Dynamite episodes. What's the was it this year or the end of last year when Kenny and Pac had the had, Iron
0: Man match? I think that might have been the Go Home going into uh, Revolution. Yeah, that was my favorite episode. That that episode and then Revolution are, it's like the the best go-home into a pay-per-view I've seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't really know what go-home meant until I started watching AEW. Because yeah. go-homes for other promotions, I would watch them and it's just like, okay, so this is just safe wrestling so that no one gets hurt before the pay-per-view. Well, this is boring. Mm-hmm. That's not what AEW does. AEW yeah, puts Kenny Omega in a friggin' Iron, Man, Iron match Man match with Pac and has him take a chair shot at the <laughs> beginning of the match. Oh, my goodness. Okay. alrighty. righty. So, next segment is what are we looking forward to next week? AEW, Dynamite, um, Cody versus Cassidy in a Lumberjack match. They Oh, I, I don't remember when this was announced on the show but they announced that uh it's going to be a lumberjack match to prevent dark order from interfering in the match mm-hmm. so perfect so dark order will but then be if on you look one at the, side
1: uh, and the faces on the other yeah i was gonna say if you look at the the picture of it it's like dark orders are the lumberjacks, so they'll, they'll still interfere
0: oh yeah they'll they'll be there oh. there will be a big brawl at some point it'll be great and uh yeah and the one good thing is there will be there will be a winner there will be a decision because lumberjack matches have to they can't end in disqualification yeah, issues, so. and i don't know that they have time limits so mm-hmm. the, and that will probably i would say that is the main event of next week and then we have yeah. round 2 of the tournament so you have hangman versus wardlow which I predict that Hangman will win that one, but we'll see. You never know. Um, I'm
1: pretty sure he's going to win. But, yeah, like you said, you never know.
0: Yeah, you never know if they're going to do some storyline shenanigans there. Mm -hmm. And they are looking, it does look like they will start to build up Wardlow, and I hope they turn him face at some point. I think he would be, he's actually super funny. They had a really funny bit with uh, Silver and Reynolds, um, where they went in and tried to recruit Wardlow, and they were talking about how handsome he was. <laughs> it was it was very funny, and Wardlow handled that situation like a face character.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we have Kenny versus Phoenix, which hopefully it's a five star match. And if it's not a five star match, I hope it's squash. Yeah, yeah, and, no in between. I don't <laughs> think they. The I don't think they squash Phoenix, because I have this feeling, and I hope. I I hope I'm right that they're going to soon push Phoenix and Pentagon as singles wrestlers, because we've seen this past week on both Dark and Dynamite that they really are incredible on their own. Mm-hmm. We, and they they kind of get buried in the numbers game a little bit, so I'm hoping that they can uh I'm hoping they can branch out and I think yeah. Phoenix is going to have another coming out party against Kenny, but Kenny will win, yeah, and then we have take yeah, versus go. Abaddon takenti versus take is facing Abaddon, and that will be interesting. I hope it's good. Abaddon is still pretty green but I'm mm-hmm. excited to see her and take on to go. Um, will this be her first dark or dynamite match? No, she actually debuted on dynamite or not. She, she her, sorry. She debuted on dark, but then she was on dynamite against Anna Jay.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right.
0: That when uh, they did that swerve mm-hmm. and where they announced Abaddon signing. So I think this will be her second or third match. Mm-hmm. On uh, on dynamite, and this is, will be Tay Conti's second match yeah. on dynamite, and I've s- been super impressed with Tay Conti. She has some legit skill. Yeah, she's really good.
1: She's yeah, she's, she's good. Greener, but she's good. She's mm-hmm. good. I see upsides just on both of them,
0: and we should see some dark order story there with Anna J, mm-hmm. and maybe Abaddon. Who knows? <laughs> like maybe Tay Conti says no, and then they're like, fine, Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Get her. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, then we have uh, the inner circle is going to. They're having a town hall meeting where they're going to decide if they want to include MJF into the inner circle, and I am very
1: excited about that. Will this be the week when it finally <laughs> MJF finally takes over? That or like I really want
0: to this to end with at full gear MJF versus Chris Jericho
1: mm-hmm.
0: or at the next pay-per-view. So if it ends with, um, with, with MJF joining and then going into, although I just, I don't know what they would do at full gear at that point because that, none of them have matches. Yeah. So there's gotta be something happening this next week. That's going to push towards a match at full gear, whether it's, Maybe Sammy versus MJ. No, it can't be Sammy because he's got yeah, a match. Yeah, Sammy, so, which is weird. It, it would have been better to do Sammy versus MJ. <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, I hope we see some some development there that ends up in yeah. a match. But I trust them. And after this week, like last week, I was a little disappointed, and it was it was worth holding off on the decision just to see that dance number.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> okay, so that's everything announced for next week. But I swear to God, if they don't announce a Sheeta match or feud, I'm going to lose my mind. She needs to be on next week. If yes. she's not on next week, I find a way to strip her of the title yeah. at this point because it's not being used. And it's not fair to the AEW audience. And it's not fair to Sheeta to not use her. I don't mm. know why they're not. Especially with, like, Kenny brought her in. Kenny should have pole. Like,
1: yeah, I don't, it, I don't know.
0: There, it's got to be something. Like, they're very they're close. Like, I believe, I'm fairly sure I read at one point, like, in the past, she and Kenny had a relationship together. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't yeah, know. So they're they're close. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, they got to bring her on do some type of match like if
0: they i'll be happy but also disappointed if the match the day like they go home just before the pay-per-view they're like oh yeah thunder rosa again because that's what they did last time yeah they just sprung that i'd be like okay i'm excited for the match but i've heard that thunder rosa has spent all of october twiddling her thumbs i mean she's not twiddling her thumbs she's keeping herself busy but mm-hmm. AEW hasn't contacted her, supposedly. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense, unless m- maybe they don't think that uh, they want to use her when she's in NWA property too much. Maybe. I don't know. Or may- Like, they might not want to have Sheeta go over her twice
1: in a row. That could be that, too. But, yeah.
0: It's very just, strange.
1: Um, yeah, just bring Sheeta out and then do, like, a five-way the top five women in the winner gets a title shot and then have Brooke Baker win.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to end this match on a... or I don't want to end this uh, episode on a down note. So I'll just say that we're heading into uh, the go-home for what looks like the most exciting pay-per-view AEW has done since Revolution. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm ecstatic about this.
1: The I Quit match is going to be glorious.
0: Yeah, the I I Quit match, the potential... Hangman versus Kenny, FTR versus the Bucks, which has been building for three years. Three (laughs) years, three years, and built through Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there are dream matches happening, Mm -hmm. and I can't. Yeah, it's
1: going to be an amazing pay per view.
0: All right, so I will see you next week after the go home. I'm very excited.
1: Me too. You guys have a good one, and I'll see you next week. See you then. Bye bye.